right, Matthew chapter 7 this morning. Let's go ahead and look at just a couple of verses. Verses 13 and 14 this morning. Matthew chapter 7, verse number 13 and 14. Again, semi-familiar verses. Look at uh, your Bible now. Let's see what it says. It says in verse 13, Enter ye in at the straight gate. Wide is the gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. Church family, since there's only two verses this morning, let's read those two out loud. That way, again, we have in our heart and mind together. Let's just read out loud together. Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way that leadeth unto life, and few that be that find it. I want to key in on that last phrase of verse 14 this morning, and it's really the word few. It says, and few there be that find it. Church, I, mean, I only uh, know of three things in the scripture that the Bible says that there will only be few. And I want to talk to you on that subject this morning on be part of a few. Let's pray. Father, again, we ask for your blessing now. We sang. Lord, we've prayed, and now we come to the preaching of your word. Would you again speak to our hearts? Help each individual in here this morning as you see fit, and we give you the glory for it. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I know there's a lot of things out there that talk about being a few. My first thing comes to mind is actually the Marines, uh, the few, the proud. Years ago, that slogan used to be always out there. Um, as far as a few. The word few in the scripture, like we would use the English word few, it just simply means small in number. It doesn't matter if it's a few, small in number of persons or a small in number of things. It just means small in number. Now, I, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but if you're a Christian, you're small in number. And I'm not talking about somebody who just calls himself a Christian. I'm talking about a, a true believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because there are people who say they're saved. There are people who say they're not saved. And then there are people who truly are saved. All right? And I want to tell you, there's a big difference between uh, making a profession of faith and having a possession of faith. Big difference, all right? There's a lot of people who know of Jesus Christ. I was talking to a lady yesterday, and, there's a, and she being one of them. There's a lot of people who know of Jesus Christ, but not everybody has received Jesus Christ, all right? Where do you get that from? Well, we get it from the Bible. John chapter 1, verse number 12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Young people, this morning, we're glad you're here. And I am going to be short. I'm, working, I'm going to work hard to be short this morning uh, because of the activity today. And again, I, but I don't want to do injustice to the reason you're here. The reason you're here is to understand that Jesus loved you, died for you, and that you can only be saved because of him. You're not saved because you come to church. You're not saved because you go and get baptized. You're not saved because you live a good life, keep the Ten Commandments, treat your neighbor like you want to be treated. All of those things cannot save you. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. All right? So there's three things. First one I want you to see is in this passage here in Matthew chapter number 7. When he says, there are few that be that find it, he's talking about salvation. He's talking about those who are saved, those who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. I made a profession of faith when I was five, but I truly didn't get saved when I was five. I said a prayer when I was five. When I got to be 11 years old sitting in a service, I understood. I understood that I was a sinner, understood Jesus died for me, and I accepted him. I believed. I received him as my personal Savior. I, <coughs> I have been saved since age 11. I didn't get saved, then lose it. <coughs> I didn't get saved, get saved and saved and saved. <coughs> got saved one time. <coughs> I got a cough drop back here. Sorry about that. You know, if anybody coughs now or sneezes, we all think we're going to die, all right? And I just want you to know, you are going to die, all right? <clears throat> but it's not, ever, it's not always that bad, all right? So it'll be okay, all right? This is a cough drop. Just want you to know this is not the vaccine, all right? All right, so just make sure you're okay. Now, 
I'm joking with you a little bit. All right, now, think for just a moment here about this idea of those who are saved. We're going to be the few. Broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, narrow is the way that leadeth to life everlasting, and few there be that find it. I'm glad I'm one of the few. And I want to tell you something. As one of the few, you're going to get pressure as a Christian. Because I want to tell you, the lost world and Satan himself, he wants to keep that pressure on. Like, you know, well, there's only a few of you, okay? But I'm, I'm part of the few that's going to heaven, all right? Now, I'm not going to heaven because I'm a Baptist, all right? And you're not going to heaven because your denomination. You go to heaven because Jesus died for you. And you believed it and received him as your personal Savior. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The whosoever's you. You have to decide. No one's twisting your arm. No one's forcing you to believe that Jesus died for you. But you have to believe and receive that. So the Bible says that there are a few that are saved. Now, I, I, I think there's several stories that illustrate that. One story, to me, perfect picture of salvation. There was a man named Noah. He built an ark. For 120 years, he preached that if you're not on that ark, you're going to die. You're going you're to die in a flood. There's destruction coming. And the only place of safety is the ark. What's it a picture of? Jesus Christ is the ark. He's the picture of safety. Those that receive him, those that get in the ark, you don't die in a flood. You don't die. You're not destroyed. How many people were on the ark? Only eight people. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 20, which sometimes were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Hey, I'm just telling you, not everybody's going to get saved. You know, we get discouraged sometimes because everybody doesn't receive the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. Hey, listen, I want to tell you something. All you are is the messenger boy. All you're, the, all you're doing is telling people about Jesus Christ. When you knock on a door, when you talk to a neighbor, talk to a friend, and you ask the question, do you know for sure if you died today you go to heaven? All you are is the messenger boy. They're, hey, listen, we get up, uptight because people get mad at us for giving them a gospel track. When you get a chance, would you read that tract? It has some Bible verses in it tell you how you can know for sure you're going to heaven. Ah, oh, can't believe you would do such a thing. People that roll their eyes, people that say mean things. All you are is the messenger boy. The problem is they don't like the message. That's, all, that's the only problem. But there are few that are going to go to heaven because they received the message. Listen to me this morning. We're no better than anybody else. You know what makes you different than everybody else? You became a child of God because you received the message. You believed that you were a sinner and that because of your sin you deserve to go to hell. But that Jesus 2,000 years ago died on the cross and paid for our sin in full. And you asked Jesus to be your savior because he paid for it. Amen. You know, to me it's real simple. Either you pay for your own sin or Jesus pays it all. Amen. It's not 50-50. You know, I've got to live a good life in order to get saved and then Jesus accepts me. That's nowhere in the Bible. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not of works lest any man should boast it's not about me being a good person hey listen i know some of you are thinking oh these preachers preaching on salvation again you better never forget the day you got saved because you're part of a few amen that's right young people over here i'm so glad you came this morning but i want to tell you something more important than bowling this this in just a few moments is whether or not you're saved or not this is life or death this, what you do with christ you only have an opportunity while you're alive and nobody can make you get saved. Nobody can say, pray this prayer. Prayers don't save people. Faith saves people. Faith is believing because you've never seen God. Faith is to take in to believe that Jesus died for you and that he, he paid your sin. And you ask him to be your savior. Listen, can I just tell you, I know that we're part of a few. 
It's not about politics. It's not about whether you're Republican or Democrat. It's not about, you know, what, what, what part, party you're for. And just I want to tell you something. I know there's a conservative side to things, and I know there's always a liberal side of things, but sometimes we get too wrapped up in that. Let's call it like it is. It's righteousness or unrighteousness. It's lost or saved. It's God or the devil. It's not about what party you're with or who you're for. It's about what does the Bible say, and that's what makes the Christian look so odd because there's few people that are truly saved. Amen. Part of the few. Part of the few. And again, I don't, we don't say that braggingly. We say that according to Scripture, Matthew chapter 7, few there be that find it. So we find, first of all, there are a few that are saved. Second of all, would you look at the next one? Matthew chapter 9. Flip over a page there. Matthew chapter 9. Look at verse 37. Matthew chapter 9, verse 37. The few is mentioned again. Then saith he unto his disciples, The harvest truly is plenteous, but what's few? Labors are few. He said in verse 38, Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth labors <coughs> into his harvest. Now, I know this is going to be really deep, but I looked up what the word laborer means, all right? It means worker. Laborer, worker. Labor, toil. Now, Jesus was talking to disciples. He's not talking about getting saved. He's not talking about doing things to be saved. He just simply said, the laborers, those who are Christians, those who are servants, those who are going to do God's will for their life, they're few. They're few. Now, I don't know if you, again, I can't have you come up to the platform and illustrate this the best, but if you had a large group over here that are lost and you took out two or three of those and said these are the few that are saved, and then you took those two or three and you pulled out one from them and said, this is the few that are laborers. That's the picture. The picture is there's a host of people that are going to die and go to hell without Jesus Christ. But there's a few that have put their faith and trust in Christ. And of those few are fewer. Listen, if you're saved, you ought to want to serve God. There ought to be something inside of you that says, okay, God, with what years you've given me, I want to do it for, I want to live for you. Amen. You know, I know a person once said that you, if God doesn't call everybody to pastor, that either you, come, you, you are a pastor or you're somebody who are helping the pastor. I've heard people say before that God does not call everybody into full-time Christian servants, uh, full-time Christian service, but you are, all of us are still full-time Christian servants. I'm not hurt. Sometimes you're a person actually takes a paycheck to be able to serve God, and there are other people who volunteer who serve God. But it doesn't change the fact that if you're saved, you ought to be serving God. Amen. You ought to let God use you. Listen, I was talking about Brother Stevens this morning during the Sunday school hour. Brother Stevens used to be a member here, and I saw him this morning at McDonald's. He's 70, I think he said 78, but 78 years old, and he's, he's having a difficult time. Uh, still has a sense of humor, but losing it a little bit, but he just still there. And, but I'm going to tell you something, at 60 years old, he was teaching a Sunday school class. And I know that we can't always pick and choose what we would like to do, but find out what you can do and do it. This church has never taken a roll call on, okay, these are the people that are serving, these are the people who are not. And we're never going to do that, okay? Our service is volunteer. You've heard me say this before. There's a difference between paid staff and volunteer. A paid staff, you do what I say, and if you don't do what I say, go find somewhere else to work. All right? And I know it's not a work, it's a ministry, and I'm thankful that our, our staff... They allow me to lead. But follow me now. If a person's a volunteer in the church and you're teaching a Sunday school class running a bus route, you take nothing from the church. I'm just letting you know, I, I do not put pressure on volunteers. You know what's expected. You know what you need to do. But as a volunteer, can I tell you something? All of us are volunteers. It's not a matter, do I hold a position in the church? It's a matter, am I doing something in the church? 
I, I know some of you say, well, that's just not me. I'm not that kind of person. Listen, throw out the window that you have to be in front of a class teaching. Where can you serve? And by the way, thankfully, at the Heritage Baptist Church, there's people who come and volunteer as far as the grounds outside. There's people who volunteer as far as keeping things clean inside. We have no full-time janitors that we pay. I'm just trying to tell you that this church is made up of volunteers. Nobody paid the bus workers to show up at 7 o'clock this morning to run a bus to bring children into Sunday school. Nobody. You know what they did? They volunteered. Nobody paid people to go soul winning yesterday on Saturday morning. And one person accepted Christ as their Savior in Topeka. Nobody paid people to go out soul winning on Saturday night uh, at, at 6.30 to go out. Those are not, nobody, they volunteered. Listen, what are you doing for the Lord? Listen, I'm glad you're saved. Your name's written in heaven. But can I just tell you, there are few laborers. Few. Few. There are a few that are saved, there are a few that are laborers, and all of us should be laborers. 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the what? Work of the Lord. Hey, I know it's a battlefield, but it's also work. It's, a, it, it's work. We sing from our songbooks, work will work till Jesus comes. By the way, that's what we're supposed to do. All of us should be laborers for the Lord. We ought to find ways that we can serve God. Listen, find something. Find something as an outlet that you can make sure that you're put, doing something for the Lord because that's what the Lord wants you to do. The laborers are few. The saved are few. Turn over to Matthew chapter 20. One more I want you to see this morning. Matthew chapter 20. The saved are few. The laborers are few. What else does he say is few? Matthew chapter 20. Look, look down in verse number 16. I'm not reading the entire parable. I just want to read the last verse of the parable. It's the parable of the laborers in the vineyard. So the last shall be first, and the first last. Let's read the last phrase together, verse 16. You ready? For many be called, but few chosen. Now, I want to do this on purpose because this verse is mentioned twice. In Matthew chapter 20, verses 1 through 16, it's talking about the parable of the labors in the vineyard. This same verse is used again in chapter 22. Look at Matthew 22, verse 14. Matthew 22, verse number 14. Another parable. It's the last verse of the parable of the marriage feast. In verse 14, it says, for many are called, say it, but few are chosen. All right, now, church family, think for just a moment here. You have two different parables with the same verse using at the end of each of them, and it says that few are chosen. All right, now again, I know I'm short this morning, but I don't want you to miss the thought this morning, okay? There are few, when it comes to those being saved, brought as a way that lead to destruction, there are few that are going to heaven. How many is glad you're saved? Say amen. amen. Then you're part of the few. Then he says, there are few that are of those that are saved, there are few laborers. Pray ye therefore that the, that the Lord of the harvest will send laborers into his harvest, because there are few laborers. In other words, those that are saved, there's even a fewer group that's going to serve God with their life. In other words, I'm not talking about full time. I'm talking about just simply serving God. By the way, you can serve God and not, to, and not be working at the church. All right? Few laborers. Then he says that there are few that are chosen. Now, think for a moment. The, this verse is used twice, and it's used for two different parables. Parable number one, labors in the vineyard. Parable number two, the marriage feast. What's he talking about? The few that are chosen, is, and I'm going to back it up, make them backwards. The few that are chosen in the marriage feast is referring to those who are saved. In other words, the call goes out. Oh, I can't because I bought this ox and I need to go try him. Oh, I can't come to the marriage feast because I've gotten married. I can't come because of the marriage they were all making excuses why they could not get saved, which tells me that for whosoever, God gives uh, the opportunity for people to get saved, but they choose whether or not to accept the invitation. Are you with me so far? 
So few are chosen. By the way, you were, you were chosen if you're saved. And you accept that call. That's the marriage feast. The parable of the, the vineyard are the laborers. All right? You want to work for me today? I'll agree with you. I'll pay you, I'll pay you a penny a day. You okay with that? Yeah, I'm okay with that. Next guy comes along. That was at 6 o'clock in the morning, 9 o'clock in the morning, looking for laborers. Hey, you want to work for me today? I'll, and I'll pay you whatever's right. And he says, okay, you just pay me whatever you think is right. And he goes out. He does that at 6 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 12 o'clock, 3 o'clock, 5 o'clock. Then at 6 o'clock, he reckons with his laborers, those who are servants. And at the very end, it says, few are chosen. So here's the thought. The marriage feast was dealing with salvation. The parable of the laborers is dealing with service. Now, here's the, here, again, I wish I could illustrate this morning, but I can't have all of you come up here, okay? All right, but you know, I guess I could do this, all right? How many teens do we have in here? Raise your hand if you're a teenager, all right? Oh, man, too many of you. Let's see here. Let's do this. Uh, all right, you guys with your hands up, come up here. You come up here and help me real quick here. You, you're 19, but you come up here. Just come over here. Sarah, you come on up here too, all right? All right, stand right here. Yeah, just stand right here. Come, come over here to the group, all right? Come on, come on, come on, come on. Step up for Jesus. Come on, girls, we need you too. Come on up here, all right? All right, so the word few is used, and really it's in three different groups is what he's trying to teach us here, all right? This is the group that brought us away that leads to destruction, and all of a sudden, you're smart. You want to be saved, all right? He says uh, they have an opportunity to be saved, but few, few accept that. Uh, you know, broad is weight, lead to destruction, narrow is weight, life ever actually, but few there be that go in there at. So we're going to pretend this morning, let's see, you're saved, you're saved, you're saved, you're saved. All right, you, you four, come here. All right, come on over here, slide up a little farther. All right, all you guys are lost. Slide that way, that way, direction. How many think they look lost? Do they look lost? They look lost to me, all right? All right, okay, now, these are the few that are saved. Then he says, there be few, well, you caught me, we'll take that, girl. There be few that are laborers. In other words, pray you there for the Lord, because there are few laborers that are servant. Then he says, boy, you really hit the spot. <laughs> there are few that are chosen. All right, now, all with me so far? By the way, it's always a small number when you think about how many people are in our world today of how many really have put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ that are truly saved. And then of this group right here of those that are truly saved, it is a small number who decide they're going to serve God. They're going to work 40 and 50 and 60 hours a week, and they're still going to go soul winning. They're going to work 40, 50, 60 hours a week, and they're still going to run a bus route. They're going to work 40, 50, 60 hours a week, and they're still come, work, come help build up build the new church plant in Topeka. All I'm trying to say is they're trying to find ways. It's few, but they're trying to find ways they can serve God. But then God says there are few that are chosen, all right? Lost, saved, laborer, chosen. This number is a lot smaller. You know, I believe with all my heart that God chooses people for ministry. I believe that. And you know, I want to tell you something. Inside this auditorium, by the way, there's some of you in this auditorium, you have a desire for ministry. And I do think that's part of it. But there's others that God actually, fewer chosen. You've chosen, God chose you. You know, it would be a bad thing to be chosen and then not do what you were chosen for. We were picking sides up for a volleyball game one time. It's happened more than once. But they put all the kids on the wall. You've got three or four people picking sides. And I, I've actually seen this. 
somebody will pick somebody on the wall and then they decide they don't want to play. And the reason they don't want to play is they don't want to be on that team. I'm just trying to tell you, if you're chosen, God chose you. Amen. Not the preacher, not a church, God. Amen. Church family, I'm telling you something. If God chose you to do a work, you should be doing what God chose you to do, not what you want to do. Amen. Chose. How's it feel to be chosen? You're special. You kind of look special, you know that? Yeah. You know what special means? Retarded. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Now, I know that those two, two parables, one is talking about salvation, the other was talking about service. I'm, glad, I'm thankful that I'm saved because I was chosen also. But I want to tell you something. If God chose you to do something, you need to be willing to do whatever God wants you to do. Because you know why? There's few, few people doing it. There are few people, fewer people going to the mission field. There are few people that are surrendering to full-time Christian service. There are fewer people that are answering the call that are chosen. A young person, older person this morning, I'm just trying to say, if God's laid upon your heart to do something for him, don't put it off. Do it. Few. All right, now I'm done. I'm going to recap. Don't go anywhere, Mr. Few. All right. I'm thankful I'm not in this group over here. And if you're saved this morning, you're not in this group. Because I'm going to tell you something. I know we're, we're, we're typecasting here. I know they're saved. But without faith in Christ, they will have to go to hell forever and ever and ever with the devil and his angels. Not because they didn't have an opportunity to be saved, it's because they chose not to be saved. Because the Bible says in 2 Peter 3, 9, he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That means God gives everybody an opportunity to be saved, and not everybody has chosen it. And broad is the way that leads to destruction. There are more people going to hell than there are going to heaven. This group over here got saved. And believe me, don't you feel like a minority in this world right now? All the crazy things are going on, and a Christian stands for their faith, and we get ridiculed for it. It's because we seem to be few in number. By the way, we are. Then there's few that they go to church on a regular basis, but they don't want to just come to church. They want to find out, is there something I can do? Is there someplace I can serve? And so they do. And then there's even a fewer amount. God says, listen, I want to choose you. I want to choose you to be a missionary. I want to choose you to be a pastor. I want to choose you for full-time Christian service. I want to choose you to be a school teacher. I want to choose, I'm choosing you. Now listen, I'm done. If you're not saved, this is where you need to come from. You need to come from this group to this group. If you're not saved, the first thing you need to do is accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. You need to put your faith and trust in him. I'm not telling you that from, uh, from the pastor point of view. I'm telling you that from the Bible point of view, that God loves you. He died for God so loved the world. He loves you. Amen. There's no sense going blindly into hell. He's given you an opportunity to be saved. You've heard the gospel again and again. If you've come to this service today, you've already heard me say several times, Jesus died for your sin. All you have to do is put your faith in him. Amen. Leave this group. Come to this group. Amen. And you will be a minority, comparatively speaking. Amen. If you're saved this morning and you're already in this group, you need to be part of this few number. It's not going to be everybody. You need to decide, I want to serve the Lord in some aspect. Yes, I'm going to work my secular job. Yes, I'm going to spend time with my family. Yes, I'm going to take care of the things I need to take care of. But I'm going to find a way that I can, can serve the Lord. I want to be a labor for him. Sometimes that labor is soul winning. Sometimes that labor is working on a building. Sometimes that labor is, is teaching a class. But I want to do something for God. I want to be part of the few. Amen. This is not a volunteer. This is somebody chosen. But if God's chosen you to do something for him, 
that number is really minute. It's few. You got to say, God, here I am. Hey, can I say this? Until you say, God, here I am, I don't know that you would even know that God's calling you. First thing you got to say, God, here I am. If you want me, I'm here. If you want to choose me, I'm here. Few. Church family, I know that you go out in this lost world and you seem like some weirdo. It's just simply because you're few. But I'd rather be part of the few. Amen. Would you bow your head and close your eyes?